Y'all ready for this? Welcome to the Dan DeVerna Podcast, where we talk about business, life, and how to win it both. So I'm here with my longtime partner, Jennifer Alpert. It's kind of interesting that we have to do a Zoom call because we're in the same building, but if we were in this room together, then we would have to be wearing masks. So this is a way for us to uh, chat without masks on, which doesn't happen a lot unless we're like sitting at a restaurant or something, I guess. So kind of weird, but Jen, how's your day going? So far, so good. It's a good day. Yeah. It's a little hot outside, but it's nice. Yeah. So we've been in the middle of this, uh, you know, crazy pandemic, just like everybody else and trying to run a business and trying to run our own individual financial services practices and still doing your home life and your dog life and all this stuff. So, um, you know, kind of riding the ride, but I thought I have Jen on because it's an, she has very interesting perspectives in, in the reflection towards me because we've been, how long have we worked together on some level? I think since 1999. Yeah. Yeah, Right. 98, 99. Yeah. It was the end of nine. Well, no, you would have been 99 that we started working together because I was at the new England in 98 and you came in 99 as the marketing director. So, wow. Yeah. (laughs) We've grown up together though. (laughs) A lot of different positions, a lot of moving parts. 20 some years. Whew. Yowza. I know. So anyways, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I um, started in the career really young. I was in high school and did a high school internship. So um, I haven't really done anything outside of the financial business. I've done a lot of different positions in the financial business, but a lot of people think it was because of my mom that I got in the career because my mom worked at a large, large agency in town and she was an assistant and she used to take me to work with her when I was a little girl. And I thought, oh, you know, it's a nice office environment and it was, it was fun. There were some high energy people and I was really drawn to that. But for her particular job description, it was kind of like my nightmare to have to sit there all day long at a desk and um, run it that way. So while I love the career, I identified early on that with my personality, that wouldn't really be a fit. Um, so when I was in high school, a group of us uh, worked at a pancake house in town. And so every Saturday morning, we would start at like 5 a.m. and we'd go from 5 a.m. till 1. And we were high school students and you'd make pretty good money because it was a, a good pancake place. So um, I would have people that would come in. And one of the people that used to come in was a general agent where my mom worked. And so I would always take his table and I treated him like he was my client. And so I was maybe, I don't know, maybe three or four months. And he said, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Let's, let's get you in something different. And I was young and I thought, okay, that'd be fun. And I was very honest with him. I said, you know, you know, my mom, that wasn't my deal. And he said, there's a lot of different opportunities for you. So, um, so I went there and, and did an internship and then loved it and stayed. Um, so just kind of worked my, kind of worked my way up through the ranks there. So, yeah. um, Yes. So it was neat being able to work with my mom. And one of my goals was in early on was to be able to hire my mom because I thought she was the best assistant ever. And so um, that did come true for a little bit, although now she's at a different stage in her life and she can retire and my my personality can be a little intense sometimes. So um, I did get to, to pursue that dream and make it happen. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So you've made a lot happen. So so originally with with Savage and Associates for a little bit, and then the New England, and then 
you know, tell us just a little bit, because I have my version, but tell us a little bit when we started this place, like kind of where your head was at. And that was 2005 that, that we actually started. But tell me where your head was at when, when we put that thing together. So I, you know, having the experiences of working at the different agencies, um, you really got to pick up on what it took to build a successful agency. And so traditionally in our world, we would bring on financial advisors, you'd bring on a lot of different people and you would kind of hope that maybe five or 10% of them would actually stay. Um, but for people's personalities like me, I get very attached to people. And so it was hard to watch that system because I would end up caring sometimes more than what they did. And that was something that Dan, you always pointed out to me earlier. You can't make somebody be successful if it's not in their realm of possibilities. And so through that, I think we've, we've developed a different strategy. And it's that we, we know we're very good at what we do. Uh, we know that we can help provide a service to, to different advisors out there, but they've got to be part of our personality. We've got to all like each other first. That's a very basic thing I think of building an agency is you can have one producer in here with a big personality that can really hurt the office environment. And so we're pretty strict about that. If only 10% of people make it in this career, we should really only hire about 5% of the people that we interview. And so it's, it's hard to get your foot in the door, but once you're here, we're all in with you. So we're not micromanagers at all, but uh, we can help people's practices go to the next level. The average age in our industry is, um, I think, 58 now. So at that age, usually they're making pretty good incomes. They've got a lifestyle they have, but they're a little burnt out of the career. And so we've got some younger group of people here that will help to motivate them and really kind of do what they want to do. We've got a producer we brought in um, last year that really loves to golf. And so he's got a lot of clients, doesn't like the case design. He can go out, he can golf and do his own thing and pick up clients that way. So once you get to a certain level, you get to make your own rules. Our job, and Dan, you and I do that, is to make sure that the practice still runs with or without them here. Yeah. So the yeah. team environment's a big deal. Yeah, I don't know how many, you know, I don't have quite the experience that you have in my track record stuff, but as from, from the places that I, I've been and what I've seen, this is a unique environment. I mean, it, we really have like a team philosophy. And if you go almost anywhere, at least around Toledo, it's a lot of individual producers and some of them are really great and some of them maybe not so great, but the, the true team philosophy where almost everything I do, there's somebody else in the chair next to me. So right. any of my clients that are watching this, they know like, Hey, they've met, Rob or CJ or Justin or like somebody they're doing their taxes with with our guys and sometimes they're doing wills and trusts with attorneys that work out of our office and, and all those things and so that that real team philosophy and once it's explained you know the two big things that I explain for that is one it allows you to play to your strengths for sure but the other thing is when when somebody's out of the office or in meetings, there's somebody else that knows what the heck's going on. And, that, and that's really, really valuable. And once you lay that out, and then on top of that, this, this business is so broad. I mean, there's literally, a, you, know, a, you know, seemingly a hundred different ways that you could end up being successful. And not everybody's gonna be the person that goes out and gets the client and, and kind of the rainmaker person. And so you need a lot of other people to help support this this stuff and with as heavy as compliance has gotten and all of the um just all of the things that that have expanded since i started doing this you really it's a it's a way heavier burden than it used to be yeah and you know i, I think you're so much happier in life in general if you focus on what your strengths are not your weaknesses so 
when we bring somebody in or even our existing people, um, it's, it's our job to find out what their talent is and make sure that that's really all they're doing. So the philosophy of sharpening your skills, we always want to be better. We always want to get better, but we can also do what we want to do, be really good at it. And then we go out and hand select the other people behind it. So if you don't want to sit and watch the computer screen all day and watch the stock prices, you don't have to do that. You can go out and meet the clients. So I think you and I really have to find those talented people. And we've done a good job of that. So, and I think you take it as seriously kind of as we do at the office, making sure that we all fit in because we have to really like the people we work with. So they make us better. And also, I mean, we're, like you said, we're in, we're in Toledo. So we, our office is pretty young age-wise um, compared to the industry. Our incomes are a little bit higher. I think we've got more clients than what a lot of people do. And so the kind of the trade-off for doing that is that there's there's some pressure and there's some stress there, but on the opposite side of it, once we figure out what they're really good at and that's all they're doing, they're so much happier. And then the, the people underneath them are happier too because they're the ones that's giving them that. So no one's guiding us or telling us you know, what dollar amount we need to make or how many clients we need to make. It's, it's a fire in your belly that you got to find. You got to find it. And then once you find producers that have the same fire, that's really what our job is. Very little of what we do is actually the financial, financial planning process. It seems like with my clients, it's a little different. So, but with the advisors, it's really just to make sure that their lives can run smoothly so that they can ultimately have the life that they want to. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's interesting because, you know, every year we talk to like an intern, like I've had college interns, I've had a couple kids follow me, the high school kids follow me for the day and, you know, people that are considering this business we've interviewed and everybody thinks that, oh, you must be really good with numbers and, oh, that must be the, and it's interesting as you get into this, how, how little of that. I mean, it's definitely in a very important facet, but it is definitely not like you could be one of the most brilliant investors. And if you don't have anybody to talk to, you're going to fail. That's just right. the way it is. And right. we struggle with that, you know, with some of the people that have come to work with us in the past. I mean, you know, when we, we uh, went through a transition kind of uh, just a couple years ago where we're kind of the changing of the guard and Jen's now the president of Creative Financial Partners. And so when we kind of made that shift together, um, we went a little different path and we're looking for people that have already been doing this stuff for a while. It's, it's pretty tough to, to come into the business with no experience. And we try to, um, you know, for the absolute right person, we would do that, but they'd have to be, they have to be the absolute right, perfect person for us. It to is. Do I, like do. I think it's an honor to work here because that's what they get. I mean, they get us. So once we bring somebody in, we do, we revamp the office a few years ago when we took over, which, you know, was kind of a nerve wracking thing. So you and I were minority shareholders when we started the place in 2005. And so, you know, to, to be successful already and then to take it over, the, the founding people that we were part of, they, they kind of developed our strategy, our brand. They, they did a lot of that ground work. And so we just got to tweak it and make it the office that we want to tweak it to. Um, and I think that takes the, having the producers that already have the clients and um, and having the right staff behind it. So no micromanaging. I do believe absolutely that people here that we already have that trust in each other. And so um, if there's anything that they need, they they are like our family. And so um, with some of the producers that came in, you and I had talking about a, an agent that wanted to come over that had asked us and I had kind of dragged my feet on it. I think Dan, you had kind of dragged your feet on it too, because it just, it didn't really feel right. So at that, that stage, it's not about the income. It's about, they're going to come in our office and they can really change the dynamic. And we have to take that very seriously. So we've got 
you know, around 40 people that we um, help guide their path to. And so we're not going to, we're not going to bring somebody else in that doesn't fit. Yeah. You're some of all the people that you hang around with, right? I think you've, you've always said that. So we got to be careful who we're spending our time with. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when I think about, you know, it would be 15 years ago now, over 15 years ago, there was just four of us and we leased this building with the option to buy and then we bought it and, you know, it took it from a daycare to, to an adult daycare on some level <laughs> for a little while there. But now we have, you know, like I said, I mean, when you say 40 people, I know we have our, our office in Perrysburg that was pretty much plumb full, um, you know, because of the COVID stuff, it's a little less populated, but still just as busy on some level as far as business goes. Yep. Then we have our Toledo, downtown Toledo with, with the Croaks, and then we have our office down in Columbus. It's kind of crazy when you say 40 people, I'm like, man, we're like grownups. Yeah, we that, are grownups. We are. Quick, you know? <laughs> I definitely yeah. didn't think, I, I don't think of that very often. You know, it's probably one of the biggest problems that I have with myself is I don't reflect as much as I should on successes. You know, I think about all the, the hard times and then I still think of myself on some level as like this, not struggling, but barely, you know, just past the struggling phase to be like how, how hard I have to work and still do that every single day. And then I think of your, like the other thing that you do that I always think is pretty magical is like, you've got this if you want to call it balance, you're at least trying to balance it. It's really hard because you've got personal production, which is, which is sizable and notable with lots of clients and lots of demands that they have. And then you have all the demands of the, the people that work here for us, you know, and that is like, you're, you're the hands-on person with those guys and gals. And that to me would be a really hard job. Like I, I you know, I love the people that we work with, but, to be all the things to them that you are like, how do you kind of wear both those hats and do that and keep your sanity or is that not even happening? <laughs> well, I do have some gray hairs happening <laughs> going on there. Um, no, you know, early on, I used to teach a networking class um, to business professionals and that's really the way I built my clientele up. So I love my clientele that I have. It's a very direct um, satisfaction that you get. So you meet with the clients, you, you, pretty much make their life better. You take on that financial stress, you take on their worry for them, you help put them in the right place. And so with the advisors here, if I thought that way about everybody here, it would be a lot to handle. And so um, I, I kind of tried to pick up from the past agencies that I worked for. And I remember overwhelmingly when you ask the producers, tell me what something is that they could change and make this world better for you. And they always said, we want somebody that's going to spend the time with us. So not the junior advisors, not the staff, the guys that are already and girls that are already doing a great job, but no one really kind of hones on their skills to make them even more successful. And so I do look at the top five producers here, like they are my clients. And so they have full access to me, whether it's, you know, they, they need me to help them something in their personal life. They need me to help them in their business, but they're just as important. And so I do watch my time that way. My uh, administrative assistant laughs all the time because she'll say my office is a revolving door. Um, but if they want to come in and they want to talk to me and something on their mind, the way that I recruit and the way that Dan, we've built it together would be you tell the, or you ask the advisors, what's keeping you up at night. And a lot of times that's what they tell you. That's the way that you get that that credibility in the business. So it's one thing to be visible and through the different positions I've had, I've had such a great opportunity to be visible in our area because I've done it for so long and I was able to get involved in the association at a very young age. 
um, and then work my way through the financial group and really get more involved on the political side of our business. And I enjoy that. So I'm glad that I took those steps. Um, but inside of that credibility gave me the credibility with the, the senior advisors to be able to say, this is what we can help you. So tell me what your problem is and let's figure out a way to fix it. And usually it's Dan, you and I, and maybe a couple other people. And we do, we just, you have a problem, you have something that you have to do, you type A personalities, you fix it. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and some of that stuff. Cause we should note, like you won the 20 under 40 and like you were involved in the NAFA and some of these other things and the, the, the women's entrepreneurial network and some of those things like tell us just a just a, a quick blurb on some of that stuff because that, yeah. that it definitely has helped shape who you are it did yep it absolutely did so the the women's group that i'm the co-executive director of right now um it's a similar story to how i started in the the career when i started at savage very young they would send me to these different groups and so i went to this group of of women who all owned a business and it, our business in the financial world is primarily men but there's a different set of women out there that are business owners that are very successful that that they provide different support to you and so that's the way that I've grown my business and I also I'm not a good person to hide my emotions so if I like something if I don't like it if I'm happy if I'm angry you kind of just know it all the time and so I had to find something in my life that was going to give me kind of that joy I'm a big dog person I love it so I started out by getting involved in Maine Society or Maine Ohio or the different groups in town and what I found is that yes I'm volunteering my time there but that's the way that I grew my business with my clients so it felt authentic to me because I enjoyed it um, and then the women's group at one time we were 300 members right now through the COVID that's it's hard to have a networking group that meets in person monthly so um, you know we've kind of switched gears a little bit to that um, but it, the support that that they give you I think it's just it's it's incredible and when I was um, doing my my internship I remember my first job when I when I walked in there we had these cards and they would have like a policy number on it and we would get it was a large agency, so we would get boxes of these delivered all of the time. And we had three high school girls or um, three high school guys that were interns that would file these cards. And I was there for about two weeks and I was overwhelmed. I just kept looking at these boxes and I was looking at the payroll and I was looking at just kind of a mess. And so I remember on a Friday night, I went into the office and I picked up all of those boxes. So um, it's my husband now, but at the time it was my boyfriend in, in high school. So we went over, we got all of those boxes. We went home. I had some of my friends over. Now this is 26 years ago, so not quite the same privacy rules that we would have now. <laughs> so I had a bunch of my friends over from Whitmer and for two days, we had a little get together where different people came in. They organized it, they filed it. By Monday morning, I went in and I didn't really say much about it, but it was just, it was done. And so that project that they had been working on for probably a year was almost complete with just one weekend. And so um, because of that, I think that um, they ended up giving me a scholarship for college and um, they knew that I had just a determination to get things done. So I think I'm kind of known as a doer, I would say. Yeah, I yeah. think that's safe. And ironically enough, one of, the, one of the people that helped me was my neighbor growing up. So across the street, um, I had a little neighbor girl, Kelly. And so she came over and she helped me. She was five years older and Kelly is now our office manager. So if you look at my life, I'm still in the same industry that I was. Um, I've been married for 20 years. My office manager, somebody I grew up with, my mom worked at our agency. So, um, I don't know if it's a, a loyalty thing or I just want to surround myself with the people that, you know, I really like and trust. Yeah. That's pretty neat. That's pretty yeah. cool. 
So like as, as somebody that's been in a lot of different positions, so you were a, a marketing director at one point, an office manager at one point, a minority business owner at one point, and now, uh, you know, we're half and half on owning this deal and all that. And you've gotten to see all the things that, that go into all these things. And you've also seen the reflection of how different it is for you as a woman in comparison to like me as a man or whatever. And I'm wondering if you could highlight maybe some of the differences you see in any direction that that, that takes you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, primarily it is a male-dominated business. And so to, to try to figure out why, because... The truth is this career is great. There's no, there's no limit on what you can make. There's no one really guiding you on, on how much you need to work or how many vacation times you want to have um, there, you know, for, for a single mom, for a young mom, it's, it's a great career in that path. And so there's really no difference between being a male and a female in this business. I think why um, women have a harder time with it though, is that when we are out prospecting or we're looking for clients, sometimes we'll internalize that. So if someone doesn't want to do business with me, um, kind of the, the old me, the younger Jennifer would say, well, is it because I don't look a certain way? Am I not educated enough? Am I not coming across smart enough? Is it my credibility? What is it? So women will say, why? Why don't they want to do business with me? And Dan, like you taught me, it, you don't, you're not that way. If they don't want to do business with you, you move on to the next person. doesn't mean it's a no forever, but it does mean that you're ready to move on. So instead of second guessing yourself, and I think that that takes, you know, maybe some thick skin that you have, um, but that's probably the, the main difference that you have. There's a lot of different groups out there for women in financial services. Um, ultimately, I decided to spend majority of my time with the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. So I, I stayed away from just the women in the financial business because I think as a whole, we have a lot of things in our industry. So if we can come together, we have a local board, we had a state board, and then we have a national board as well. Um, that is the, the award that I won in I don't remember what it was, but it was the financial advisor of the year. And it really had to do with the time I would spend helping other advisors. And just like I think of our advisors here, if I spend time, they're my biggest clients. When I'm doing association work or I'm out training other advisors on how to build a marketing plan or how to build a business without spending a lot of money, we have, when people start in the industry, we have a lot of time, but maybe not necessarily the resources. And doing that through the association gave us a chance to grow our office and also for me to develop the relationships and show that, um, you know, what we say we're doing, we actually do do when we get back to the office. So we implement everything that we do. And I think with the, the balance that, that we have running the business together, you know, you free up my time to allow me to spend the time with a senior advisor. So... Um, you focus more on the production and getting their production up. But as far as the office management goes, that's something I really love to do. I'll always have my client base. And I think it helps me have the credibility in the, in the industry too. If mm -hmm. I'm telling the advisors what they should be doing or how many clients they should have, um, it's kind of fake if I'm not doing the same thing. So I, I take it seriously that our average, I need to make sure that my production hits a certain number so that I, you know, I've got the credibility, but I think people in the office, especially know my love, my love is the office. So yeah. I really want to take what, what we created the four of us together and then what we did you and I together and how do we get it to the next level? So, um, we have an advisor here that wanted to make a million dollars a year. That's kind of what his goal was. And so he, he's accomplished that. And now he wants to move on again. And so when I sit down and talk to him, it's, what do you want to do? And do you want to make you know, you want to double it, you know, and he says, no, I want to do five times it. I said, really? And he's like, yeah, well, we're better than that. And he's right. We're better at that. 
Yeah. So I need people in my life to push me there. So, you know, my, my tendency to have a track record, if we grow by 10% or 15%, that's pretty good. But who says it's good? We get to decide what's good and what's not good. So I need the same motivation too. I also love the financial association because I don't see them as competitors. I see them as people that I want to work with and that you want to work with. And so if we have our plan of people that we want to have, that's how I'm going to get into them. We're in the same association. I will help them. They will help me. Uh, when I got into my first disability case, I called a, an agent at Mass Mutual that I was on the board with. And I said, I have no idea what I'm doing. This isn't my, I, I would never want to recommend something that I didn't understand. And based on my background, you know, I've done a lot of different things in the business. So I have to fully understand it before I can go out and recommend something. And he took me on my first appointment with me. He didn't take any of the commission I definitely offered. And he said, no, we got to pay it forward. And so I try to do that now. So if there's another office that needs a little bit of guidance, I'm the first person to step up um, and, and help if I can. And with the COVID that happened, I mean, do you remember you and I had some um, bold words with each other because we're trying to decide on what to do. Do you? Probably our first like real disagreement yeah since we start became the ones making the decision ultimately right it is it's hard to have to be the the, have to be decisive to make those decisions because there wasn't a lot of of guidance at that time but we know our office and we know the people in our office we know their health conditions we we know what's right and what's wrong but to be able to make the decision to say we're going to close and we're going to work remote and we're not going to have people in the office and this is how we're going to disinfect um, so when you and I have to make those decisions together, they're not easy, but we have to do them for the benefit of everybody in the office. And I think from our positions, we try to be as honest and upfront, as transparent as they can. We don't know what was going to happen. And so I can't pretend or, or you can't pretend like we know what's going to happen in a month from now. We don't. I think if we're just as honest as we can and say, we're trying to protect everybody. We're trying to keep your practice running. Um, and ultimately, they understand. It doesn't mean we don't make a lot of mistakes along the way because we do. <laughs> We do make mistakes yeah. along the way, but if you're coming from a good place with it and you tell people, then they understand it. Well, I, yeah, I agree. They're hard decisions and there is no book telling you what to do. And like, if you just look around at the way this crisis has been managed across the board, I mean, there, you realize how human everyone is like, we're, there's no question that everybody's trying in most cases, I believe as hard as they can, but it's just like, there isn't any clear-cut way to do it, whether it's the colleges or the athletics or the high schools or the middle schools or the, you know, the private versus public and the businesses, all of it. It's like, man, there's just a lot of different ways. And I feel like sometimes, you know, I could talk to you and you have me leaning this way and then I would talk to somebody else and I'm back to leaning this way. And I respect the COVID thing. I'm not necessarily scared of it, but I would be terrified to think that I gave it to somebody. So like there's a bunch of weird, right, weird moving parts. And, and so with, with that, like with all this craziness going on, and then we have the business we're running and then everybody's got their own personal stuff too. Like, how do you keep the positive, like anybody that would talk to you would come back if they were going to talk to me about it and they'd be like bubbly, like Jen's, oh, she's so bubbly. She's so great. Like she's, she's the best ever. Don't you love her? Yes. Like, how do you keep that kind of attitude going during such a hot mess going on out there? Yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing is with with media is that you get to be the one to control what you watch, when you read it, how you listen to it, and how you interpret it. And so um, you said early on that they're kind of like mental vitamins. What do you do to keep yourself positive and going in all directions? And I'll always go back to uh, when I was 25, I took a class and 
the class I took was in the financial group and, and they had us write our own obituary down. And so, and it sounds kind of crazy, right? So, and I'm, I'm more emotional. So I'm kind of crying and I'm writing my obituary down. What do you want to be remembered for? And so you have to live your life in that, that, uh, in that way. And so it, it probably isn't going to say that we're a business owner first on my obituary. It's going to say about my family life and it's going to say about the, the groups I'm involved with. And so anytime I start to get off track a little bit, I will pull that out and say, okay, this is what I want to be remembered for. This is important to me um, now that I live my life. So I think guiding it in that way is good. Um, I also think, you know, we joke with everybody to turn off the news. Um, and so if you're going to watch the news, you kind of have to watch both sides of the news though. So if you're going to watch one channel, you got to do the other one, but it's almost like a, um, like a ping pong game in your head. Remember the old, the old, um, yeah, it was ping pong, pong right? Pong. Oh, pong. Yeah, where the battles were. So, you know, when a negative thought gets in my mind, whose fault is it? It's mine. I'm letting it. Like, I'm, I'm letting it control me. I'm letting it get in. Mm -hmm. And so I've done a lot of work with visualization to try to get that out of my head. So um, if I let myself get into a funk, it's because I'm, I'm doing it to myself. And so yeah. um, you'll say other people have magic or it's, it's what can get you in a mood. I know Dan likes Kid Rock and I would giggle with you for a little bit because that's kind of how you got yourself yeah. snapped out of a mood. I love to, I love the beach. I like to be grounded with things. So I always have a, a set of things I can do that, that snaps me out of that, but it doesn't mean during the COVID thing. I mean, there was days where I, I didn't want to leave my house and I was scared and I do have some germ issues. People laugh about me washing my hands all the time. And so I knew when this stuff started that that would get to me if I, if I didn't. So, so I had to work on it. So between, um, there's some journey work that, that I did, which is kind of dealing with some emotions inside of you. Um, there's also, um, you know, I, I talked to somebody about just making sure that I felt more comfortable getting out and about. And so I take it seriously. That's part of my health and I got to keep myself happy. Yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. Like it's, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting that we've gotten to this point, you know, very much together in this situation for 20 some years. Like it really, it doesn't seem like we're old enough to be having this conversation like this and then of, you know that many people and we're kind of responsible for them but I wouldn't put it in anybody else's hands like that's the other thing when I, I I look at all the these decisions being made and I'm not judging any particular school system or anything but I legitimately think I could put together a committee of people that would make better decisions than almost any of these like it's it's kind of crazy like, I don't even know if it's logic, how these, how some of these things are, some of these schools and things are coming to these conclusions. It's the crazy, it's the craziest thing. My Canadian friends are always, so, I mean, everybody knows at this point, my business coach is Canadian and a bunch of my best friends are Canadians. And they just think they are like looking at it like we're, like we're the orangutans in the zoo. <laughs> They're like looking in, in on us going, what are they doing now? Like, what's going on? So you're telling me in Ohio, your kids can't go to college. Oh wait, no, they do go to college, but they can't play football. But your high school kids can't go to high school, but they can play football. Like in the same state, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I you know, I don't know what to make of it. And I think we're all just in this together. And again, I just try to keep in mind everybody's trying as hard as they can, and that's what we do. And um, you know, yeah. I appreciate. I appreciate all the good things. I think the one thing that COVID has definitely done is it it helps you focus and realize like you had the ability to spend time with literally no one. 
So if you wanted to be just isolated by yourself, you could do that. And so if you took that practice and you took it down to just you, then you said, all right, so I'm going to allow one person into this bubble. And then you pull that person and then you pull that person. Then you pull this. Like you've had the ability, if you chose to and did it correctly, you could really rework your circle. And this is a perfect excuse. Mm -hmm. So I've, I think all of us have spent more time than usual alone and, and more time isolated with family and stuff. So it really, you know, highlights like somebody put the big strobe light on, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses of yourself and with your, your people and, you know, picking out those kind of Eeyores that are potentially bringing you down and going, geez, I could use a little more Jen in my life. Like this, like she's really good. Like this is a really good thing for me. And so I, I love being able to focus on those things. And, uh, you know, I love working with you and I appreciate you. And I, uh, you know, is there anything else that everybody should know about before we, before we sign off? Um, let's see, I'm trying to look through my, kind of my notes over here, but I, you know, I think ultimately, I think if our, if our message could be that, um, you know, what, what kind of sets us apart makes us different. And also what makes us get along better is that, um, we, we do try to focus on everybody's strengths. And so we're going to be positive. And even through the COVID mess that we have, the, the one positive thing I can see is that relationships, we're getting back to relationships. I remember 10 years ago in the financial group, I was in San Francisco and we had a ton of people there. And the big talk was, are we going to be replaced? Are we going to be replaced by machines? They would have these, they look like ATMs that you could walk in, you could put your money in, you could push some buttons and it would tell you how to invest your money. And so they were robo advisors and, and everybody thought, oh, this is going to kill our industry. In the same way that they thought when you buy life insurance, you can do it online. But the truth is that we're relationship people. And so people, consumers aren't looking for that. They need somebody. They need help. And through COVID, we had a lot of time to spend with our people to be able to establish that trust. And also, you know, I think it's, it's exciting to see the, the young kids take an interest in social studies, which never happened before. Um, I was a terrible student, by the way. So school was definitely not my thing. My dad was an educator and really wanted me to do that for my whole life. But um, no chance, no chance of that. But so now with, with the time that I'm spending with the neighbors and the kids, they're, they're trying to understand now, well, what's the Senate and, and what's the house and how are they making these policies and how do we have our world in this situation that we are right now? And, and they're fighting and the, the politics involved, but people are starting to understand it. We're coming together as a group and I think it's really cool. I think the young kids are going to be more educated because this is something that happened. It happened to us and we didn't expect it, but we're going to come through it. And the other part of it is, you know, if we we take on some stress in our lives for sure, but we could um and you do a better job I will say than I do. I, I do tend to watch the numbers. And so um do you remember the day that the stock market dropped by what did it drop yeah. by Dan? Well, it went down 10% or I'm sorry, 30% in 10 business days. Market was down 30%, worse than the Great Depression. So when, when those numbers, when I was starting out my day by looking at those numbers and seeing that it took us about five years to build the assets that we could lose in one day. And so I could focus on that or we could come together as a group and figure out how do we overcome this? What do we do? We, we've got we to pivot. It's time to do something a little bit different. And we didn't. We did it really quick. And so I'm so proud of the fact that we didn't have to lay people off and that um, we didn't have to cut their hours. And I'll go back to the statement about hiring the right people. We trust them. We're not going to micromanage them. When we had our staff working from home, did, did any of us check on them to see when they were working? No, because they already work with us and we already have that trust there. And so that meant a lot to me that we were able to do that. And, and it, 
it's working because now we're a few months out from it and we didn't see a huge decline. You know, the market is back up to where it was. Our advisors are doing a great job with it. Um, we didn't get really hurt financially. So for us to spend the time worrying about something that we didn't know was going to happen, let's go back to that pawn game, right? I was putting it in my head and, and you kind of pulled me out of that. So I think to be able to be vulnerable with somebody, I'm very vulnerable with you, Dan, you know that I'll come in and you know, if I'm worried about something or I'm upset, you, you definitely know that I am, but yeah, you can get nervous to make decisions, but ultimately if you're just honest with your people, they understand. And um, I would say one of my, my weaknesses is definitely that I, um, I, I do tend to care too much. And so if I see someone's talent and they don't want to take advantage of that or use it, I will be a little bulldog until I can get them there. So if, if you can see a magic and a producer, what you did, your, your associate that you've got right now, it's exciting. He was somebody that used to go collect coins out of a car wash. And now I don't know how many years he's been working with you, but you've you took that junior agent and you made him successful. And now he's got a, a wife that is able to stay at home and he's got a baby. And it was exciting to see him watch wear a watch that he that he earned. He made the money and that was his goal. And now he's buying a house. There's no amount of money I can make that would give me that satisfaction. And so I've seen you do it with multiple people over the years. You take an advisor and you build them and and you kind of create them and you change lives. And that's what I want to do. I don't think we can do it with everybody in our lives, but a few handful of people, we're going to do that. I also had a neat opportunity um, you know, at Savage because one of the founding partners, um, since my mom had been there, he had passed away really young. And so when I started there, he was already gone, but you heard stories. And the stories you heard were not how much money he made or how successful it was. It was that he grabbed everybody and made everybody part of a group. And so um, I'm a big dog person. So my dog is a cattle dog. And so she likes to herd my husband and I. So if Chris is upstairs and I'm downstairs, our dog is in the middle. Chris is outside. I'm somewhere else. Dog is in the middle. And that is what John Savage did. He brought that whole group of people together. And that was his impact. And that was his legacy. And I want to do that too. So I don't care if I necessarily die with a whole lot of money, but I want to make sure that what I do is... I can help change lives and we're doing it every day. We can do it in the financial business. We can do it in the women's business. We can do it with dogs. But once you get past that and you can get past the stage of worrying about what people think about you, that was a good thing that happened when I turned 40 is just saying, okay, you know what? I, I am who I am and I got to be comfortable with it. So yeah, that's hard. Be part of myself. That's easy to say and really, really hard to do. I mean, I think with your referencing Savage, I'll, I'll pull, plug in the Tim Croak thing. I mean, for me, like Tim did stuff for me that if it wasn't for Tim, I, I, I wouldn't be in this business. I definitely wouldn't be in this chair. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to be a partner with you. Like he, I owe him an awful lot. And you know, it's my responsibility. I I've said, I'm going to do that five. I'm going to do for Tim or what Tim did for me. I'm going to do that five to 10 times. Mm -hmm. And I'm at two. So I've got a lot of work to do. Like, I've, I mean, yeah, I've, you're more than two, but we'll, we'll let that one slide. <laughs> but I mean, to that, to the level that Tim did, like, that's my expectation. And that's the way, you know, that's the neat thing. And so I agree, like, if people in this business, there's a lot of things we, we talk to so many people, we can help so many people, business owners, and friends and family and other advisors, and they don't all have to necessarily work here. Like I have some, some people that I'm able to help that don't work in our office and um, you know, maybe someday we'll work together and maybe we'll never work together. Who knows? And, right. and it's okay because they're out helping people and they're good advisors and they are, are making 
changing lives, you know, yeah. and it's a big responsibility with this job. Tim, uh, Tim Croak also brought up a great point early on. He always said the, the other advisors out there, they're not the competitors. When you're working with a client, it is the, uh, it's Franklin Park Mall or it's, um, you know, it's the big retailers. It's where they're out spending their money. That's it's our fancy cars. If somebody has a financial advisor. They're probably doing a pretty good job, right? I mean, yeah. they are. And so, um, if they have an advisor, okay, but th that's where the competition is. There's enough. There's enough business in our area to go around. I also love to be able to call on people when we need help. When we were deciding on what we did with the office, I was able to pick up the phone and call other people that would, I guess, technically be our competitors. But they weren't. They were the same position we are. And so for, for us to be able to reach out to them is a great thing. They're going through it too. So um, when we were looking at changing um, one of the investment companies that we worked with, we grabbed a couple people. Do you remember that? And we came together as a group and said, okay, you guys are smart. We're pretty smart here. Let's try to figure out how we can make it happen. So I like the collaboration part of it. Um, I think that's what keeps you going. It's a lot of fun. Well, I know you're busy and you probably have a lot of stuff to do yet today. So I thank you for your time and uh, you know, let's, Let's uh, keep on trucking. Keep moving this thing Sounds forward. good. It was good Thanks talking to you. Everybody. Thanks, Jen. Bye. Products services using the following business names: Creative Financial Partners Insurance and Financial Services, Ameritas Investment Company LLC, AIC, Under Fenra, SIPC, Security Investments, Ameritas Advisory Services, AIS Investment Advisory Services, AIC and AIS are not affiliated with Creative Financial Partners. Products and services are limited to residents of states where the representative is registered. This is not offer securities in any jurisdiction nor is specifically directed to a resident of any jurisdiction. As with any security request, prospectus from the representative read carefully before you invest or send money. A representative will contact you to provide request information. Representative of AIC and AIS do not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney regarding situation. Whew. Thanks for watching.